Hi, this is Dr. Jose Saldivar, and I'm joined today by Mr. Tomás de la Cruz and Cynthia Saldivar. And this is another episode of the First Year Experience podcast. We're starting the year off revisiting the hero's journey. If um, for you avid listeners out there, our first episode was the first part of the hero's journey, and, and Thomas here joined us as we looked at. Um, the hero's call to action. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with the hero's journey or didn't listen to the first podcast, the hero's journey is, is um, broken down into three stages. Uh, there are several sub-stages within, but the basic three stages are the call to adventure or call to action, the middle stage is initiation, and the final stage is the return. And we've invited Thomas back because we want to look at initiation and particularly how it relates to our students. You know, initially when we brought him in, I wanted to talk about the hero's journey because in listening to the hero's journey and listening to another podcast about it, I thought, wow, this, I see our students, I see the connection on a number of levels. We were gracious enough to have Thomas the first time and, and we had a great conversation about that. And so now we find ourselves in the middle, in between the first semester, the second semester, and we find ourselves at initiation. So who wants to start? I remember the first time I heard the word initiation was from my brother, and he was talking about how to become a TCB member, the, the, the gang that you, know, that, that you have to go through initiation. And uh, he described how uh, the, the first, like the, the guy coming in would get beat up by the other members in, in the group. You know what I mean? So you would walk down, like they would put, hey, like your, your journey starts here, and it ends over here. And all of us are going to, you know, soul train you down this path and you're going to get beat up by the rest of us. And then that's your initiation. Boom. Right? It sounds, it sounds so easy. Yeah. Uh, right? Violent. Yeah. Brutal, but easy. Um, and, and college first year experience was very much uh, beating from, from, from people who are already here. Um, my initiation into, into this place, right, and, and how I see this initiation happening to a lot of students is a very, um, not physically violent and, 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 and things like that, but very much a, um, a difficult one, right, where, where they have to, to, to continue using that, that, that analogy or metaphor or whatever, right, where they have to take punches, right, take punches from many sides, uh, from people who, who have already been here, right? Um, to a certain extent, though, right? Because because within that group of, of initiation, right, with, with the gang initiation, to a certain extent, though, you want the members to succeed through this thing, right? But there's also this: we're going to weed out the weaker people <laughs> mentality <laughs> that happens as well, right? So, um, for for a lot of our students, and it was definitely from my experience, it, it was through that that walk of of, of taking taking shots. Do you think? Um... It's interesting you characterize it like that, right? The weeding out. Um, do you think the university deliberately tries to weed out students? Or is it just students kind of weed themselves out because they struggle facing adversity and some of these obstacles or the challenge or taking the punches, so to speak? Um, well, the university would involve everyone. And yeah. so, so, no, no. The university as a, as a being, right, as a system, as a institution, no. I think very much... This university, right? I don't know other ones, right? But this university tries to promote student success. Try to, you know, does enough um, 
to to try to to ensure student success, right? Um, it, but the university is, is broad, and there's different levels of it and different areas of that, you know. And and not every there, there is definitely that mentality of, of we need to weed out to people, and university is not for everyone, and let's let's see how that works, right? Um, so the university, right? Um, ultimately wants the students to be successful right okay. it's it's not about weeding them out but i mean of rest course. assured we 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 can it, it is almost a guarantee that our students will take punches that our students yeah, will yes. face adversity yes okay. um yes of course and and it's it's this like we discussed in the first podcast this is a change of identity that 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 has to happen you know what i mean and and that that change of identity is is often one that's that's difficult to do um so yes, but, but again, like as, as a university, I don't think it, it deliberately does this, right? Because the university as a community, of course, in, wants the students to succeed. Mm-hmm. And as a business, of course, wants, it, wants their students to succeed, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that you can account for, for everything out there, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so Thomas, tell me about when you were a student, mm-hmm. what was that like for you, taking the punches? What, what was your experience like? I mean, you said, you alluded to it earlier, but... I mean, in more detail, what, what was it like? I, because I, I think sometimes our students, um, from my perspective, sometimes I feel like our students are, are, they don't see us as, at one time, Dr. Saldivar was a student, mm-hmm. and Dr. Saldivar faced adversity. Mm-hmm. Unless I outright tell them, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes our students feel like, I just don't connect with my professor. Dr. whatever seems to have his life together, seemed, oh, he probably knew what he wanted to do when he was in college. And so they can't see them taking those punches. What was that like for you? The problem with walking down an aisle of people trying to punch you in the face is that you don't always see where these punches are coming from, right? Um, now, looking back, I'm able to categorize like the different aspects of when I was going, when I was getting hit. Um, just the way that we can categorize like, college readiness, and, and college readiness isn't simply about academics, right? So some of these punches came from home, right? Uh, some of these punches came from work. <laughs> some of these punches came from school. Right? Some of these punches came from my, my, my teachers. Some of these punches came from just <laughs> being a better student, right? Um, so, like the two main ones, right? And and that I feel that our that our students might maybe go through. No, I mean the two main ones I went through was the punches coming from home, right? Because I was I was the first uh, first in my family to go to college, right? So. It, it wasn't, I, I, had, I had no one to, to speak with in terms of, of these, these challenges I was going to, no one to speak with in terms of registration, in terms of, of financial aid, right? Um, it was difficult for my family to understand why, um, why I couldn't stay up till three in the morning, right? Taking care of, of, of something, right? Or issues that we were going on with, with, with because life happens, right? And, and I don't want to share too much about that, right? But there's difficulties at home that I was going through, and and I was still expected to have that 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 brother role, that that son role, right? And and I couldn't, I couldn't. It, it, it wasn't going to work out. Um, so and and I'm very like our students are, of course, they take punches from home. They get they get here, and and they're still dealing with 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 issues with their family. They're you know just because you're going to school and 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 you know. You seem to be holding it together, right? Doesn't mean that at home it's it's chaotic, right? And then at school you take punches too, right? Because uh, it was it was an unfamiliar territory, right? 
um, I wasn't, I wasn't, I had a lot of freedom and this freedom that, you know, um, had, had to, this time management, right, was a problem. Um, there was instructors that, that wouldn't, wouldn't give me, pay, didn't, didn't have the patience to deal with, with this type of, of uh, a student, right? Mm -hmm. um, which was irresponsible at times, and I recognized that, which was um, difficult to deal with at times, right? And I recognized that too. Um, so and I, I took hits from from professors. I took hits from from classes, assignments from from fellow students, right? That 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 also like uh, if you don't if you don't assimilate, right? Like like we spoke of last time into this culture, right? Yeah. Then then you're an outsider. <laughs> you're you're an outsider to this group, right? Yeah. Um, um, then then that that becomes a problem, right? This. And and no, I, I think. I mean, like it's it's funny, you know. You started the story out with um, with your brother's experience with the TCB and mm -hmm. and and sort of this this gang initiation. Um, it, and I think we we when we think of initiation, I, hopefully the majority of our listeners don't see don't think of a gang initiation. Although I, I appreciate the story, <laughs> your experience I think is um, instructional in that. Students, like you said, students don't see it, mm -hmm. right? So we think of, I, I think of the most well-prepared student, quote-unquote well-prepared, mm -hmm. right? The kid that's top 10, top 20%, does well in classes, but then gets to college and is expecting maybe, might be expecting the punches, but is expecting the punches from class. Correct. From homework. We're not expecting the punches from home. Mm -hmm. So when you get to college, were you expecting those punches from no. home? No, not at all. How did you respond to that? Poorly. Academic probation, my GPA went low. I prioritized other things, you know. Um, my lack of assimilation into this culture, right, made it easy for me to be like, okay, well, what's important? My home is important. Yeah. It's a thing I've known forever, right? Of course, I need to take care of my home before I can, I can take care of my schoolwork, right? And it should have been completely the opposite. I need to double down on my schoolwork and recognize that problems at home, you know, some of these things I needed to, to let them sort out on their own. I'm not, I'm not saying, right, that completely abandon your family. And I'm not saying that, yeah. that, that, you know, things like that, right? But boundaries and priorities do need to be set as a student, right? That, that tell your parents and your family, hey, you know, no, I, I cannot do some of these things. You know what I mean? Um, How do you do that? Though, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm 37 years old, and that's always been, you see, and I went to school in Ohio, Bowling Green, so I disconnected from family, and that was hard, and for me, the punches came more from the school. I did very well my first year, then I found myself back home in the summer, and then you're back into that family life, and you're away from school, and then I almost didn't go back because of a glitch with financial aid. I was a first-generation student. My mom didn't understand. I saw it as this sign that I'm meant to stay in Brownsville, right? I was on Dean's List my whole first year at the university, and all of a sudden I can't afford to go. That's got to be a sign from God, right? <laughs> Divine intervention. Um, but I had uh, the person who recruited me, Dave Garcia, was like, no, it's not a sign from God. It's something with financial aid. Get on that plane, and I'll fix it for you. And I didn't know how to say no. We just had this conversation about how I can't say no. So I said, okay, I'll get on the plane. <laughs> and so I got on the plane. But, but in that case, that, that was the best move. Right, that was, and I graduated yeah. in four years. That was my inability to say no was the best move at that point in my life. 
Um, but it was a punch, an unexpected punch from somewhere. I wasn't expecting like something to happen with my financial aid, and it was an error, something that could have been taken care of in five minutes, but it could have derailed my whole academic career. And so how do we, how do we deal with it, right? Like, you know, we're, we're, we're in the business of helping students be successful. We work with students, we teach them, and there is no playbook for this, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, I've, I've got a shelf full of college success books. None of them talk about that kind of adversity. None of them talk about those punches, the punches that you're not expecting. But every day, those are the punches that I see that, have, that largely derail my students' academic success. So how do we deal with it? What do you tell your students, Thomas? We redefine this idea of college readiness um, early, uh, what college success is early, right? There is no playbook for that, right? Because yeah. it's, it's based on individuals, right? Um, I had a brother with a drug addiction problem. <laughs> that might not be what other people go through, right? Some mm-hmm. other people have two kids. Some other people have... You know, bunch of siblings that they need to take care of. So many people have family members that are disabled, right? So, so there's no universal way, right? Yeah. Like, okay, um, if you have a family member that cannot walk, go this way, right? It'd be nice. That would be so great. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. Um, but but bringing, like, for one, how do, how do we start what we're doing now, right? What we're doing now, bringing these things to life, okay? Um, if you tell me, hey, I got a problem with my writing, oh, go to the writing center. Hey, I got a problem with my math, go to the math tuning center. You come up to me and be like, hey, um, my dad just tried to kill my mom. Well, good luck with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and no, right? Like, yeah. as, as, instru- as instructors, as people who are placed at, like, they see our faces. Like, they, like president of the university isn't the face they see every day, right? They see our faces every day. And to a certain extent, like you're not here just to teach, right? Yeah. As an instructor, as I like, what do I do as, as, as an instructor? I'm not here just to, to just to teach, right? My my goal here is is to watch them leave my class. Yeah, you know what I mean. So so I I'm fully aware that sometimes that's going to be sitting down with students who are crying in my office, and if if my if this if they're crying till two thirty and my office hours ended at one o'clock, then. No, I'm not gonna be like, well, that's that's all the time we have for today, right? You know, what I mean? yeah. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Um, but that's me, right? That's that's something I'm comfortable doing with my students. I'm not saying this is something that that everyone should be comfortable doing, but to a certain extent, right? As as instructors, I, you, you recognize that you're not just dealing with people's academic success, right? You're trying. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes like that goes that goes further. How far? I don't know. Should, no, we, should we be trained for these things? Probably. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I think, I think you, you bring up a critical point in that I think too often, like the students, we're looking at the academic punches. Mm-hmm. And we want our students to be successful. We want our students to be engaged. But so much of that is determined by how well they're dealing with the other punches, right, that are coming from all of the other things that, again, they are not prepared for and we probably aren't trained enough for. But that's the reality. And... You know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you as a faculty member have kind of, well, why do you think you're so attuned to it? Why are you so attentive to it? Is it because you experienced it? That, but it wasn't something that I, I reflected on until I, I got to uh, 
I started researching it. I mean, college readiness, college success, right? To, to have these conversations with my students. And uh, I don't know who it was, some, some, some article, some research out there. Um, they took uh, Maslow's hierarchy of need. Yeah. Right? And, and they, they examined college readiness in terms of that, right? So at the bottom, our students need to be fed. They, they need to be healthy and they need to, to have a home, right? Yeah. I, I get, hey, hey, students, let's talk about genre theory today and how discourse communities use genre to, to, to achieve their goals, right? And that kid over there is, hasn't eaten in like two days. Who cares about your genre theory? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so one was, was actually researching this stuff, right? Stepping outside of, and college readiness isn't at the forefront of what my, my field is or my, right? I, I teach rhetoric and composition. Right? College readiness is, is something else that, that I recognize as part of, of what I have to do. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that's like, okay, yeah, this is in, in your rhetoric and composition book, you're going to find a section on college readiness, right? Yeah. No. no. Right? I had to step outside of my, of my field and be like, okay, what other things are out there that, that can help my students succeed? Um, psychology. I, I, I read a lot of psychology articles, right? Not, not, not books. I don't think, oh, no, I read uh, Psychology of Mexican-American, but that was because my, my brother-in-law wrote it. So I was like, eh, let me see what he does. That's the only book I read on psychology, but a lot of these theories on, yeah, on psychology. I, I, and, I, and I think the important thing is that you kind of opened yourself up to it, right? You're, you're dealing with students and you're wondering, why isn't uh, Juan writing or why isn't this person writing this or doing this? Why aren't they interested in my talk on genre theory, yeah. right? Um, my students aren't engaged. And it's funny, when, when I talk to other faculty members, we have conversations about why our students aren't engaged. And immediately say they're not doing the reading. They aren't um, in class. They aren't attentive. Rarely is the conversation about all of these other things. Right? We don't talk. We don't engage in a conversation about what's going on at home and how we, we, we're not helping them deal with those issues. Right? Uh, or at least not effectively. So I applaud you for at least opening yourself up to that and saying, okay, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm going to it, because I'm an academic, because I love to learn and, and I want to know these things, I also want to be a better teacher. I'm going to study it, and I'm going to see what the literature mm -hmm. says about this. So I applaud you for that. Do we need to do more of that? Having said all of that, <laughs> having said all of that, um, to what extent is that our role? Right? Like I, you asked me a question, I, I got to throw it back at you again. Right? Yeah. To what extent do 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 we have to do more of that? To what extent should we be doing that? Um, I know the university offers uh, counseling, right, for for our students. I know mm -hmm. that, right? But but like I said, like the this is this is pushing students to go and speak to someone who they are not comfortable speaking with. I don't know this person, right? Yeah. Versus I see this person fifteen weeks, right, or I've seen this person seven weeks, right. I'm more comfortable talking to this person, yeah. Right than than I'm. So I don't know, man. That's that's a good question. I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, I can't tell you. Yeah, you need to be doing that, right? Then you come back to me and be like, yeah, well, what if I mess up, or what if I give, you know? Well, that that's I, I don't know. That I feel like that's a risk we take, right? And so always for me, true. We we always take that risk, you know. And and from my perspective, you know, I, I'm I'm an instructor. I'm also their academic advisor. So I see these students 15 weeks plus the time they're going to come see me during office hours. And I feel like that's the least I can do. And so I, I know for the most part, even if I'm wrong, 
at least I think I've gotten them started in the right direction versus they have no information at all. And so you put it back on me and and I'm sorry, I'm going to say, yeah, I, okay. right. Um, like you, you know, I, I saw that students weren't engaged, students were dealing with this, with that. You know, I remember one semester, this was before we had the food pantry, and I had a student just come up in class, just right in the middle of class, and he said, sir, I don't know if my brother and I are going to eat this week. <laughs> and and kind of like everybody in class was just like, and and so his brother had lost his job, they had an apartment off campus, mom and dad weren't helping them or just weren't in a position to help them, and and he said, you know, they, they'd spent all their financial aid money. And so, right, what do I say? We'll talk about this later, or, or this isn't the venue for that. Hey. Right, I'm trying, I'm trying to teach you about learning theory. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about learning theory, guys. Forget about that nonsense yeah. there, right? Who needs to eat, right? Eating's overrated. Um, feed yourself with knowledge. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's feed the brain, right? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't get beyond if my students are hungry, they're not paying attention. If my students are hungry, they're not going to learn. Um, and of course, the counter argument to that is that that's not that's not your role. That's not the university's role. That's not the university's job. I recognize all that as well, right? But at the same time, Maslow's hierarchy. <laughs> like our, our our goal is to 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 teach them and to, to watch them be successful and to get them out of here, right? So they can they can go out and and, and do things, right? Um, so then, isn't isn't that in some way or or, or, or that as human beings isn't that our yeah. our, our I, I think it's it's an inevitability. I I can't get beyond it. I don't think I would be sitting here today if someone didn't take that risk on me. If somebody wasn't willing to listen, wasn't willing to help, wasn't willing to call financial aid for me and get me on that plane, I wouldn't be here. So yeah. for me, that's why. I took this job and that's why I'm here because I'm going to be that one person that makes sure that the students get what they need. And how many conversations have you had like that? Hmm? Like over, over, how long have you been working here? Well, I've been working in this position since the university started in 2015. Prior to that, I was working with Upward Bound with high school students. Um, and that role was a little more intense than this one. Um, this role, it's, it's amazing how students get tripped up on I can't register, I have an error, I can't register, and it's as easy as, oh, you need to do the lecture in the lab. Mm -hmm. And just sitting there with them and like walking them through that, and it's like, oh my God, man, thank God, now I'm in a class. And I think a lot of times I see with staff, we take for granted that of course students know how to register for a lecture in the lab. Mm -hmm. Just this past week, I've had that conversation, that same conversation with five different students. And it's just stuff that, that we take for granted. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be here with without that kind of help. I mean, I wouldn't have graduated. I wouldn't have, you know, I didn't deal with the, the punches from home so much because I went away um, like Cynthia. But still, there were there were things at the university that I wasn't prepared for. And I, I didn't know how to talk to people in financial aid. I didn't know what to ask in financial aid. Uh, no, nothing prepares you for that. I didn't know how meal plans worked. I didn't, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know how housing worked. And I was living on campus and... Do I have to buy my own toilet paper? What am I, you know, what, like just some basic stuff, right? Mom isn't there to take care of me anymore. And um, even just dealing with like the psychological stuff, right? Um, 
you know, I remember me, I was I was working on my master's degree, so I already had a college degree. I'd navigated it once successfully, and then when I'm working on my master's degree, my last semester, you know, I, I went through some personal issues, and if if not for the faculty members that I had at that point, where all of them were incredibly gracious and all of them said, "Come see me." Every week mm-hmm. at this time, and we are not going to talk about class. We're going to talk about you. If if not if like if I didn't have faculty members like that, I wouldn't have graduated. And so, you know, for me, I always tell my students, I, I see my role. I've got to pay it forward. Yeah. Because I'm I'm incredibly blessed, and I wouldn't be here without that. And so, you know, I I I don't know. I um. You know, to your question, is that our role? As human beings, as as a person of color, as a minority, as as a, as somebody from the valley, yeah, I've got to do that. I've got to do that for my students because there's no guarantee that anybody else will. And I can't wait for, I can't send them off to somebody else hoping, oh, they'll take care of them. Yeah, I just can't do that. So. I don't know. I mean, I, I initiation. Initiation. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I like, I, I think this has been a really, really good conversation. I feel like we can sit here and we can go on forever, right? It's, we, I feel like we're fooling ourselves and we're fooling kids, right? You talk about college readiness, and, and I'm, I'm just coming from a class where I told my students we're going to talk about that, right? What does it mean to be college ready? Because there are all of these rubrics and measurements that tell high schools. And tell students that they're college ready. There's an exam that tells them they're college ready, right? But nothing tells them, prepares them for those punches mm-hmm. that are coming from all of the non-academic things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it sounds like we really need to broaden our definition of college ready. Or step back and reevaluate it. Mm-hmm. In what groups and areas? Yeah. I'm interested in... in so... Oh, Bowling Green? Bowling Green. So you went to Bowling Green, right? So in terms of initiation, is there a lot of raza in Bowling Green? No. No, no, not at all. So in terms of initiation, you had to get initiated. Because I I came here, so it wasn't initiation into a new culture. It wasn't culture shock. Well, it wasn't culture shock in terms of my, me going into another race or group or culture. Culture, right? Mm-hmm. Culture. I, people like me, right? They spoke like me when I said, hey, Kabal, right? They understand what I meant, right? But you went to a place where it was like, hey, Kabal, and you're like, yeah. excuse me, young lady. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of initiation, right? So, you, you had to get initiated into a new school and initiated into a new group of people. How did that go? It was rough. It was rough because. To, to the white students, I was exotic. And then to the Latino students, I wasn't Latina enough. Because, <laughs> you know, I came from Brownsville and everybody liked to talk. You take your culture for granted. Yeah. You know, you, you take it for granted. You think you're always going to hear Tejano on the radio. And so it becomes something that you're, like, so over by the age of 10. And you go to Ohio where these people are yearning for culture. So they are, like, super just... Proud and, and I wasn't that at that point in my life. It's not what I was. So I had a lot of 
yeah. Latinos tell me you're not Mexican enough. And I was like, I know how to speak Spanish. Like, <laughs> you, know, you don't know. Oh, you missed that class. Oh, yeah. like, you, know, you know what I mean? But it becomes this like having to prove yourself. And so it was just weird. It was just weird. Into 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 the it white. Was like into an, the... I, it was you were like I felt like an outsider wherever I went. I wasn't. It was just. And you were like a a, a rock away. A, what? A toss of rock. A rock throw away. Thank you. Sir. Rock throw away from 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 Matamoros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of proximity, you were more right, than I was, right, yeah, but it, it's just, it was just, I'm, so then I ended up joining a Greek white sorority because they just seemed more accepting of me um, because they thought it was so cool to have someone so exotic, I guess. I don't know. Just, now reflecting on it, it yeah. was like they, they loved that, you know, I was different. And, well, but also, like, I mean, you talked about, like, um, the exotic, right, and taking your culture for granted. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I think, uh, I, like, a lot of students turn to, whether it's Greek organizations or campus organizations, to help take the punches, to help figure yeah. out, like, oh, right, how do, I, how do I navigate, right, right. This, this institution that it's so unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, while, you know, you're, you're joining this, this uh, Greek organization, you're also trying to find your way, how do I survive? How do I make it through? I'm fascinated that when I came here, and that was a part of the mistake that I made, is that I would hang out with people from Elsa, from from, from my hometown. I can see how that's nice. because because I was like, okay, yeah. I, I'm 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 lost, struggling, right. right? Who who do we go to? People that are familiar to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were struggling too, and they went, ah, don't go to trans. Um, <laughs> so so that's interesting though that like you didn't go for a this is familiar to me you're like I'm gonna go for Greek white people well, or they're the Greek life, Greek life and, yeah. yeah but they were just they were just so much nicer to me <laughs> I was just looking I was just looking for a friendly face and they were just so much nicer and more accepting and just yeah. again those are pun- like those are punches you weren't expecting you're right. not expecting punches from people that look like no. you Mm-mm. Especially telling you that you're not Latina enough. Yeah. And so, like, when I first got there, those were the first people that, you know, you're kind of thrown with, right? Because yeah. you're people. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, a rough, a rough first year. And then when I decided to go Greek at the end of my spring year, my first year, it was, like, battle lines are drawn. <laughs> um, because I didn't pledge the Latina sorority, and it was, it was just amazing. Stanford. Yeah. You were also in oh Stanford is there Raza in Stanford? It's in California. I assume there's more. It's in California, about ten percent, ten percent. So there, is there's actually a really vibrant Latino community on Stanford. Um, really involved, really vocal. Um, and I was the type. I I think I felt like I going away. I wanted to immerse myself. I like took on like initiation. I was like yes. And so they, they ask you, if you're a person of color, they ask if you want to live in an ethnic theme dorm when you get there. And they have, there's the black house, Ujima house. There's a Latino house, Casa Zapata. There's a Native American house, Moet Mataruk. And so there, there's a Jewish, they're theme dorms. And they ask if you want to live in a dorm like that. They themed around segregation. It themed around, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. But, but, like, but like what we said, like, right, finding like, 
people that yeah. maybe you think would have different, similar experiences so you find comfort, right, or support. And I didn't want that. And so I was in a, in a co-ed, multi-ethnic dorm, um, which was great. I forced myself. I was the guy that was walking down the hall introducing myself to everybody mm -hmm. because I just needed to make friends because I didn't know anybody. My sophomore year, I missed... I didn't necessarily miss home. I missed likeness. I missed being able to share stories with people who had similar backgrounds. So my sophomore year, I joined I joined Los Hermanos, which was like a pseudo-Greek because we didn't want to be Greek-affiliated, but it was an all-Latino male organization. And then I joined a bunch of organizations that were Latino, Latino organizations. I, got, I, just, I threw myself into the Latino community. And so I was a part of every organization. I met like every Latino. We used to joke that if there was a Latino on campus, chances are Jay knew them. And if I didn't, it was like, mm, well, I need to go find this person to find out who they are. Um, and so I realized, like, for me, I, I could be successful finding people that look like me. And I don't know if getting there, if I didn't think that was possible. I didn't know if, if getting there, if I thought I need to hang out with all the white kids because the white kids have figured it out. Um, they did, by the way. They had figured it out. Okay. And, and their parents had figured it out. And their right. siblings had figured it out. Um, like four generations of college yeah. students. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my freshman roommate, his dad graduated from Stanford. Hmm. You know, and his dad went to Stanford Law School. And so I'm going to hang out with this guy. Yeah. He's going to tell me exactly what I need to do. Um, and so I, I, I understand. Like, and, and again, I, I wasn't prepared for the punches. I was good about, let me go find help. Okay. And yeah. let me go ask for help. And then sophomore year, let me go ask the brown people who seem to have figured it out too. And then the brown professors. So like professors of color, Latino professors, I knew all the Latino professors. And I went and talked to them and, hey, how do I do it, man? And, and everybody dealt with it. Everybody had, 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 had sort of faced those unexpected punches. Um, but still, it, it's it's like you said. Like even even with a playbook, even with their guidance, like I still struggle. I still had difficulty with it. And the 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 sobering thing, and and also reassuring thing, was that they were dealing with it too. Like even the established professors still struggle to find acceptance on campus. And I I took comfort in that. I realized like I was. I was never going to fully figure it out. And so today I, I share that with my students. You never really fully figure it out. But like I think if anything, I'd, I'd like my students to know there's always a solution and there's always help. And so, we, you know, my, my job now is I try and help them find that help. Yeah, find the resources, find the, the people who support them. Um, but it's, it's an ongoing thing, man. Have you figured it out? <laughs> you're you're an instructor now, right? The, at the institution that where you took punches mm -hmm. and you weren't even sure you were going to graduate from, today you find yourself you're an instructor mm -hmm. with two degrees from the institution. Mm -hmm. And so, have you figured it out? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Isn't it obvious? <laughs> I don't know. You look like you want to sweat a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've, I've been I've been holding off on not letting the world know, you know, because I want to publish a book. On them, but, um, no, no, of course not. And, and and going back to this idea of like the university being like a giant monster, right? There are many f- factors that contribute to university, right? Um, when you say I'm going to the university, what you're also saying is I'm not a high school student anymore. Um, I'm not. I'm not relying on my parents to to check my grades. Um, you're also saying now I got to pay out of my own pocket, or I got to navigate financial aid. Um, you're also saying I have to find a place to eat on campus. You're also saying you know I, I need to talk to four different professors. If you're taking four classes, you're taking seven, then six. Then you say I have to talk to six different people who all have it in their head what this what 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 I'm supposed to be as a person, you know, as a yeah. student. Um, so just when I, like, like I, I, no, no, no. Because you can't have it figured out because it's it's, it's a monster and it's always changing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once you figure it out, okay, I'm going to, I figured out now how to do financial aid. Yay. It's like, okay, now you got to do it online, right? Now you got to, now you got to submit all these other forms, right? Or I figured out how to use, how to register for my classes. Yay. Like, well, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Now I've added the scheduler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I figured out how to use Blackboard. No, no, that's changing too, right? Yeah. Um, I figured out how to write. In, in, in this is what I tell my students. I teach composition, so I tell my students. I figured out how to write in your class. That's great. Yeah, but you're leaving my class you know, tomorrow, right? Then let's talk about how you're going to write in another class, right? And what language you're going to have to speak in that class. Um, and when I say language, I, I have my students. Well, English, what do you mean? <laughs> well, within, yeah. within English, that language changes, right? Yeah. Terminology changes. Purpose changes. So no, no. The best I got is is can I figure out what I got to do in this given situation? Right. Um, and the answer is yes. We're, we're human beings, and our brains are magnificent at, at, at understanding and learning. So as as I, I tell it to my students all the time, two things, right? And then there, I was like, yes, sir, we know what you're gonna tell us, right? Because I tell them all the time, I, like, I have faith in you, one, and two. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, then, well, and, I, and I think, look, we've, um, I think we've exhausted our time, but... And I, I, You've I, exhausted your time. I have exhausted my time. Um, <laughs> that was a rich conversation, but I think what you said is, is um, if, if, I, if we were going to conclude this, this podcast, learning how to deal with a given situation, because mm-hmm. right? you never truly figure it out. Mm-hmm. Even from the faculty, and I mean your your example, case in point, things change, and we don't figure it out either. Mm-hmm. We just learn to deal with given situations and and deal as best as we can. Mm-hmm. I think it's also key to to figure out who can give you guidance because I don't have it figured out, but I know who to contact to help mm-hmm. students figure it out. And when I think of my experience in Bowling Green, I had Dave Garcia who worked at admissions. He recruited me. But throughout the four years, whenever I had a question about even applying for graduation, first time I saw an academic advisor was when I was getting ready to graduate. You know, just finding that person who's willing to help you regardless of, oh, they're in recruitment, well, they still might be able to help you with everything else and holding on to those lifelines. Networking. 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 Thomas, any final thoughts, comments? To our avid listeners. To our avid listeners. One, I have faith in you. (laughs) I have absolute faith in you. And two, don't worry about it. You, you, you know, don't worry about it. Be- I have faith in you because I know 
that, that, that you got this. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Cynthia. This concludes another episode of the FYE podcast. Um, tune in next time when we have another topic, and we will uh, see you then.